Sam Adam, Prince of Eternia, defender of the secrets of Castle Greyskull. This is Cringer, my fearless friend. Fabulous secret powers were revealed to me the day I held aloft my magic sword and said, By the power of Greyskull, I have the power! Cringer became the mighty battle cat and I became He-Man, the most powerful man in the universe. Only three others share the secret. Our friends, the sorceress, man-at-arms and Orko. Together we defend Castle Greyskull from the evil forces of Skeletor. That was the opening of the 1980s He-Man Master of the Universe cartoon. Uh, and that was also the opening of the Science Fiction Rating System podcast. Uh, we've been gone a long time. Um, but only a week. Only a week. It was a mistake. We're sorry. We're very busy people. Yeah, it was a mistake. It w- so wasn't. We just couldn't get it together. No, we, we're just so busy. We're so busy. We're too busy. Too busy. Anyway, we're back. Uh, I'm back. I'm Alex Humphrey. And also back is Chris Redding. Hey, Chris. Hello. Hey. Ha- good. How are you? You good? Pretty good, just dealing with people's aid, trying to cast a film, so dealing with idiot agents. If you're an agent out there, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Telling it straight. There you go. Chris Redding. That's what that's what he's here for. <laughs> Shooting from the hip. Uh, what what film are you casting? Is it your one? Yeah. yeah. Oh, ha- and how's, um, it, how's it going? Well, yeah, just talking, because we want to get a name, can't say the name, in the film. Ah. Uh, and have to talk to the agent. I can't say the name right. about the other person, and yeah. But the, yeah. the agent is making it a little bit difficult. Is that what you're saying? It is levels of ineptitude I've never really <laughs> come across before. Oh dear. Wow! Oh dear. Okay. Sent the script in November. Got an email last night going, "Yeah, which role was it you were looking like?" <laughs> <laughs> and it's always like. We're just rereading the script and we're just unsure about what role we're looking at. It's like, no, you're not rereading it. Like, you've yeah, literally just looked at it. You, f- you found it in the pile. Pr- it's not as if there's anything else going on, is there? No, like, no, literally. You've had time to read it. <laughs> you can tell they're all in their beds. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Uh, uh, Sam, what gla- Sam Draper, what glamorous things Hello. have you been up to? Casting a movie, perhaps? Or, uh, no, mm, no? Not really, no. Trying to uh, a house. I've got some. I've got some cream egg beers arriving today. Ooh, sounds disgusting. Which are in high demand. Yeah. High, 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 high demand. So that's exciting. That is exciting. Hey, I bet that you would say, as way Chris says that all agents are idiots, you would say all estate agents are idiots, wouldn't you? No comment until I've completed the move. <laughs> <laughs> you can cut that bit out. Okay, fair enough. Um, anyway, yes, we are doing Masters of the Universe, a 1987 adaptation of the He-Man cartoon and this was a viewer request or a listener request wasn't it it was yes, yes. can you can you do you have the name of the person at all i don't know no, no okay well <laughs> you know who you are <laughs> this is for you in john harbour john harbour john harbour this is for you john uh cheers john yeah cheers john uh, also just uh just to mention we have a giveaway that's still going for gattaca uh that debuts on 4k ultra hd on march the 22nd and Sony Pictures Entertainment are giving us a couple of copies to give away. So just listen. What you've got to do is you've just got to send us a review of, a, of our podcast. Say what you like. Contact us. Tell us you've done it. And, uh, yeah, that could be yours. Um, but anyway, back to uh, He-Man. So from the opening narrative, this is the, literally the opening narration of the film. This explains. I mean, I think this just explains the film, obviously, entirely. Uh, at the end... At the end of the universe, at the border between the light and the dark, stands Castle Greyskull. For countless ages, the sorceress of Greyskull has keep this universe in harmony, but the armies of darkness do not rest, and the capture of Greyskull is most in their minds. For those, 
For with those that control Gayskull will come the power, the power to be supreme, the power to be almighty, the power to be master of the universe. Um, so that's how the movie opens. That's the plot. I mean, it's not really, but... Uh, how familiar, everyone, were you with He-Man, the uh, the cartoon and the and the movie, Sam? I had a He-Man tracksuit when I was in nursery. Oh, okay. And I was a big, big fan of it big, all the time. Big He-Head. Is that what? I had uh, I had Battle Cat. I liked Battle Ooh. Cat. I don't remember having He Man. I must have had He Man, but I, yeah. I loved Battle Cat because yeah. you could take the you could take the face thing off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was cool. Battle so Cat. yeah, I liked the cartoon, and I remember this film as a kid, and uh, it being really scary as a kid. The whipping. Oh, oh, Frank yeah. Langella's face. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And the very end of it when he's in the the stuff. I remember being scary yeah. as a kid. Yeah. Mm. Chris, what's your He Man experience? I always remembered like the the you know the just the imagery of it, and mm. I'd watch that um, toy thing that you're on about. Oh yeah, toys that made us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know; it never really clicked with me, just because I never liked animation of the original, and mm. you know, I never. Um, yeah, I just I don't know; it just wasn't my thing. It was a little bit like some sort of Aryan strange thing. <laughs> I think we're slightly, I think we're slightly too young for it as well, Chris. Yeah, I think. yeah. No, I, I was it's more Yeah, Alex, and I, yeah. I was big into yeah. He Man. Yeah, I, I loved He Man. I, I had some of the figures. I can't remember all the ones I had, um, mm. but my friends definitely had Castle Grayskull, and I remember that being oh, wow. like to me that was like you're rich if you had that castle, you must be rich because it was so big. And even saying that, like as Chris mentioned, there's a very good Netflix documentary called Toys That Made Us. It's a series, and there's a great episode about. He Man. There's also a documentary called Power Grey Skull, uh, which is not so good. But in that, they say about the that how much the the uh, castle cost, and that they thought the people when they made it, they were like, "Are you mad? No one's going to buy this." But it's sold out. And you know, the front of Castle Grey Skull's like got a kind of spread, like the, it's like dark and it's like black on top of the skull, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It says on that documentary that each one was spray painted individually, so they were all different. Mm. Because it was a person on the production line spray painting that's the crazy. front. Yeah, that's crazy, mm. isn't it? Like, yeah. <laughs> well, so that means go into a lot of lot of work with these things. Yeah, yeah. well, they, yeah, they obviously. Well, that's the good thing about the He Man. A lot of it was just plucked out of their ass. Like a yeah. lot of the lot of the story of He Man is people just on the fly saying things or doing things, and it's mm. somehow being successful but um mm. but yes well the film was made by canon films uh kind of legendary for their terrible films basically aren't there's they? a good documentary about them mm. yeah that's on netflix um, as well isn't it yeah that's good mm. yeah um and originally they were going to make a spider-man movie because uh, they had crazy to think but they had the rights for spider-man but instead they took the money for spider-man and they split it between two films. Now, this is one of the films. Do you know what the other film was that they split it between? Superman 4? Yes, Quest for Peace. So how insane to think <laughs> that Canon Films had the rights for yeah. Spider-Man and Superman. Different time. And and both of them, both of them, well, I mean, Superman, we've reviewed Superman on this podcast. It's terrible. I mean, Wouldn't it be mental if, uh, if can, someone like who's still got Canon Films rights found some sort of clause that said that they still owned a bit of each of these franchises <laughs> and Disney had to give Canon Films creative control back of some of this that'd stuff? That would be amazing. That'd be good, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah like amazing. if a Superman film and a Spider-Man ca- film came out in the same year, 
Yeah. yeah. Went back to Canon. Trigger it to Canon. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, because basically, because the this and uh, Quest for Peace bombed so hard, they could never make the Spider Man film because they just lost all their money because this is they put too much into this uh, and it, it just went so badly wrong. But um, yeah, we, we've got we open like I say. There's that voiceover and there's a pretty impressive kind of grey skull, isn't there? There's some really nice. Uh, is it matte work in this film, I'd say? Yeah. There's some yeah. pretty good matte backgrounds, I think. Some pretty good artistry done, I thought. Um, you know what there isn't, though? What? Any sort of explanation as to, like, what is going on in terms of... No. No. Who is the army that He-Man's fighting with? Why is yeah. He-Man not like the rest of them? No. Mm. It, I mean, you are you thrown know. in the deep end. I mean, you are thrown in with this pretty epic opening... But it's kind of trying to confuse you that there isn't really a solid story, isn't isn't it? It's just like mm. you're supposed to just take it because I think they just take for granted that you know He Man is a badass, so mm. we don't need to explain who he is, what he is, you know, no. anything about him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah, I mean, for any non He Man people out there, the idea is that Grey Skull exists as a force of neither good nor bad. It is who who owns Grayskull, who is in Grayskull. That's what it becomes. So it is an evil place and a good place. Uh, if you're in charge of Grayskull, you use the power for whatever it is, good or bad. Uh, okay, yeah. Right. See, I didn't know that until recently, but that's the point of Grayskull. So they even said in, in one of the documentaries I saw, they said if you look in the castle towards the end, there's like there's kind of statues that look a bit demonic or evil, but they're also statues that look positive like gods and stuff so it's supposed to be a mix of good and evil so the power is generally not the power is not moralistic it's who goes in there and takes the power they put on the power whatever they want so that's why Skeletor wants Skull. that's why He-Man wants it now as you said though there's a bit of a difference in the cartoon there's like about seven guys versus another seven guys mm, but, yeah. but in this it seems to be like an entire intergalactic war going on with like masses of troops and people, I think being... they've just upped the ante, though. Yeah, I mean, but then, but like you say, then that kind of begs a kind of explanation to where we are, who these masters people of are. the universe, you know. <clears throat> but then it also boils down to just two people and He Man, doesn't it? Yeah, which is a bit weird as well. Like, where's everyone else gone? Yeah, where are the rest of the armies? Yeah, I mean, we know that there's a budgetary restriction here, meaning that not <laughs> not as many of the characters could make it onto screen uh, <laughs> as as they'd like. I think. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's a bit weird. It's also a bit weird that all the soldiers of Skeletor look like Darth Vader ripoffs, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's wearing that wants to be Star Wars thing on its sleeve Mixed quite with, a lot, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. stormtroopers. Um, yeah, I mean, one yeah. reason for that was that when uh, a lot of the first original designs of He Man came back, some of them were by that Morbius guy, and they had blood on He Man's sword. And Mattel shit themselves and said, He-Man can't kill people. He, like, mm-hmm. it, it, he can't do that. So they had to make the baddies like robots so that he can kill yeah. them. So that there's kind no... Kind of what like, Disney did in The Mandalorian yeah. this year. Yeah, yeah. It's got to have zero stakes, basically, <laughs> because we can't hurt... You can't upset the kiddies. Uh, yeah. When uh, Skeletor, Skeletor starts flying around in that chair, that chair is just the Emperor's chair, isn't it? Yeah, exactly the <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of Star Wars here, isn't there? I mean, yeah. Star Wars meets Lord of the Rings, I guess, or Star Wars meets... Well, it's just Dungeons that Star Wars Dragons. was based on these sort of camp, like, Saturday afternoon throwaway yes. films, yeah. B-movies. B- That's what Star Wars was based on, right? I mean, there's a lot of Flash Gordon in and it's here. Con- 
it's gone full yeah. circle. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, Flash Gordon is your biggest touch point, I think, for for, for He Man, didn't you think? Mm. Like, yeah, it's definitely got the Flash Gordon vibes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, we see Skeletor straight away. I mean, I think I think Skeletor's not badly realised. I think he looks pretty good. Well, the only problem in HD is you can see the fabric on the inside of his nose, <laughs> but they're yeah. not holes. It's like no. stretched black fabric. Yeah, it's just like a pen coloured. It. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I, yeah, there are a lot of close-ups as well, which I, I think they may have avoided if they'd thought about that. But yeah. yeah. But no, I think he looks pretty good. Uh, I think we'll get on to Skeletor. He's, I mean, Frank Langella plays him really well. He's obviously enjoying himself, isn't he? You know, I, I mean, I he's would... He's having a great time. I would say this film, without Frank Langella, this film would not... I, We'd, I don't think I would even be taking it even half as yeah. seriously. He's the only thing worth watching, isn't he, really? His performance is amazing. I mean, yeah. I, I think I've, I've often had the opinion that the mark of a great actor is not if when they're in good films, it's when they're in bad films. And I yeah. think that this, if you want to know how good an actor Frank Langella is, you watch this because he's acting his arse off. Like, he's really, really good. And in fact, I again, one of those documentaries said a lot of the lines, he was improvising his lines or making them up or writing them himself. So that's why a lot of his lines don't really sound like anyone else's lines in this film, in this film <laughs> at all. I mean, he was so committed to the character. Um, <laughs> it's because his five-year-old son was really into He-Man. Yeah. I, I, think yeah. He, I think he took the role without even reading the script, in fact. Mm. Which, like... Well, he thought, he doesn't need to, to make all his own lines up. Why does he need to read it? Just... <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I don't need a script. I've been playing this role my whole life. Yeah. I'm going to go in there and show you my skeleton. Yeah, just going to do it. Um, the set is pretty impressive, this throne room set. At the time, it was the largest set Hollywood had seen for 40 years. Wow. It is the only set, isn't it, though, really? Yeah. But it's a pretty cool set. I mean, it looks good. Yeah, it's quite good. Yeah, yeah. Let me see if I can find some behind-the-scenes images of this set. Uh, and there's a great bit quite early on where Skeletor activates the holosphere. And there are just these like four giant skeletons just in the middle of the in the middle <laughs> yeah. of like the empty ground, like just lecturing people, saying. Yeah, but again, who's he talking to? Like, no. There's no one in it. <laughs> I don't understand what the who, no. is the who is the galactic force against him. No, no. Two dudes and He-Man. he man. He's talking to the pe- he says, "People of Eternia, the war is over. My forces are victorious. The sorceress of Grayskull is my prisoner, and her powers are now joined with mine. Let this be my first decree." Those who do not pledge themselves to me shall be destroyed. The new age begins. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty. Um, it's pretty wacky. It's a wacky beginning. Yeah, it is. Um, and, and and to be honest, I was really on board until the arrival of Gwildor, uh, which threw me a little bit because, I mean, this dude is is annoying, isn't he? <laughs> Before him, you know the mustache. Uh, man in the army. Oh yeah, I don't know what his name is. Man you at can't arms. say Skeletor properly. He says Skeletor. Skeletor. <laughs> yeah, which you think there's not that many people in the film that could have said to him actually Skeletor. You know. <laughs> oh, I didn't notice that. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's but yeah, that little gnome. Man, Gwildor's bad. He reminds me a lot of my gran. That gnome. Really. Like she looks like him, she acts like him. You know that bit when when he goes like, "Oh, in my day, no one had to lock their doors." Yeah, it's like it, it's totally what my grand would say. She is Gwildor. Wow. Okay. Well, that that is a, yeah. that's a shocking revelation. Um, I'm, I'm assuming Gwildor's here because they couldn't do Orko because Orko is a floating, like a floating cloak, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. But I think they. It's could, a bit of a. They could have tried. Not as good is it? No, they yeah. could have tried to do Orko. I mean. He's he's very annoying, Gwildor. Any, uh, but anyway, plot wise, 
Gwildor is a key master and he makes these keys and that's how that's how Skeletor could get in Grayskull was because of the key, I think. The um, cosmic key. Cosmic key, that's right. Um so I think the noise of the cosmic key sounds like the Dolby Vision thing before a film in the cinema. You know, that noise mm. they keep making. It's like when they yeah. tune up the sound system in the cinema. Mm. I mean the cosmic key, we'll get on to the cosmic key later, <laughs> but there's a whole lot of weird okay. shit with the cosmic key. There's a lot of weird stuff with the cosmic key. Yeah. yeah. Um but at this point, yeah, Dolph uh, as you say, there's Dolph Lundgren as He Man, uh there's Man at Arms and there's Teela. Uh what do we think of Dolph's performance? Didn't everyone? he pop up in uh, Ted or something? No, uh, no, it's that's the guy from uh, Flash Gordon. Is it? Oh. Is in Ted? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. What do you think of Dolph Lundgren, everyone? Terrible. He's he's terrible, <laughs> isn't he? He's pretty bad, isn't he? He's absolutely awful. And that he's, hairstyle he's... is yeah pretty dated now. He's he's it's funny because there are a lot of modern interviews with Dolph Lundgren talking about this and being very positive. But if you go back a bit further, he has described this the shooting of this film as a nightmare. And the lowest point as an actor in his career, <laughs> um, and I think, is it, but isn't it isn't it ironically his highest point though? Yeah, well, well, it was a Rocky film he's in. But this is the thing. I think he had been like second fiddle in two films at this point. So this was his chance. This was his shot of being a leading man because yeah. he'd been in uh, yeah he'd Rocky been in Rocky four, and three yeah three. and he's in something else maybe. Um, but anyway, the point is, it was it didn't go well. And in fact, because his English wasn't very good, yeah, no, no, not at all. They threatened to dub him, but he somehow he had a very good agent who basically got him a clause that said he had three chances to get the dialogue right, and if he mucked it up after <laughs> what, three, three takes, yeah, three goes. Oh, I guess three dubs maybe of him himself, and then they redub it with someone else, right? Okay, and he managed to pin the dialogue down, so it is his voice. Because I think this would be a worse film if it wasn't his voice. There's this era of getting like European hard men like Schwarzenegger, mm. um, yeah, Jean Claude. Mm. You know, do, do you know the weird thing about Dolph Lundgren? What? He's a, a chemical engineer. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's got like a master's degree in chemical engineering before he was an actor. Wow. Which you wouldn't think, would you? And you see no. the film, he seems like good the biggest like fullhead. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm a fan of Dolph, uh, modern Dolph. I think he's quite good. I think actually, if he's something like Expendables, he's quite good. Yeah, he's good in that. And yeah. I would say, w- when we get round to Johnny Mnemonic, he's so okay, ridiculous yeah. in that <laughs> that he's quite good. Yeah. Uh, but here, I think he's floundering. I mean, it, it's not a good performance. It's, it's not. I mean, he's not got much to work with. But also, like you say, he, he can barely speak English, can he? Yeah. And it's and he, he slurs in that. He's got kind of a, a, a Sly Stallone-esque sort yeah. of yeah about yeah. him, but. Without the actual yeah. language to communicate. It's from another planet. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I think as well, what makes it harder... It's not much of an excuse that they're all from another planet. You should still be able to talk. I think it makes it harder because Frank Langella's so good that he's yeah. against him. Like, there's again, in this opening bit, he says, Skeletor says, I dare anything, I am Skeletor. Um, it's just he says shit like that all the time he's great Uh, he's great anyway there's a big fight and uh, they activate the cosmic key and Teela Man at Arms uh, Gwildor and He-Man go through a portal uh, and Skeletor's upset with it they take the key and they end up on Earth obviously um, in a forest Uh, and there's some funny business about a cow um, which I don't know um 
And then there's oh. yeah, and then there's this really odd bit where He Man gives everyone orders, and yeah. he says, "If you find a key, activate the sourcing signal." And they all go, "Sourcing signal, yeah, we know." Like, like it's a really weird moment. Like, I don't know. Uh, and they also have their good journey thing, uh, which seems to be their little catchphrase, doesn't it? On on Eternia, mm. to tell everyone good journey all the time. Um, so they split up. And this is where we meet the uh, the most the second most important character, I guess, uh, Courtney Cox, who's working at Robbie's Ribs and Chicken, um, and her parents are dead because plane crash, private yeah. plane crash as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They owned a plane, and yeah. she said, "I don't want to go with you this weekend." So they went for a fly in their plane and died. Yeah. <laughs> so she blames herself. For their private plane crash, mm. but um, something that happens later on, the, she, the mom might have actually been an intergalactic evil woman. What? Why? Well, because you know when the, the evil evil Lynn or whatever she's called disguises yeah. herself as the mom, mm. isn't it the actor? Isn't it the woman who's playing evil Lynn who plays the mom? No, no. no. I, oh, I don't know. Maybe no, it's not. I don't think. Is so. it not? I thought, I thought it was the oh, same person. No, evil no. Lynn is played. Oh. Evil oh, Lynn's right. Meg Foster. Yeah. And, and who's the mum? Uh, is, oh God, I did have it written down. That makes more sense then. I thought it was the same person when I watched it. I was like, this is a bit... No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll take your word for them. Yeah, well, no, I don't, I don't think it's... Uh, no, I don't think I mean, no, one, no one can give me a credit for the mum, though, so I'm just saying, I think that... Mm. Oh, yeah, it's... Oh, no, sorry, no, it's not her. No, the, the, the weird, sorry, I'm getting confused. Because, you know, Sorceress uh, yes. in Castle Grayskull, she, yeah. the actress uh, who is Sorceress, went on to play Judy Geller in Friends, who's Ross and Monica's mum. Right. So that must have been a weird meeting when they met on set and they were like, oh, yeah. I, remember, I remember you from E-Man. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe that's how, what? How it all got connected to make friends. He man yeah. and friends. He man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, like yes. they were sat on set, like literally, like someone was on set, like just zoning out of this mental film set. Who could we? Yeah. Who and they we... said, "I'd love to just watch something set in an apartment." <laughs> <laughs> friends was created. Yeah, yeah, on the set of Mark. Maybe who knows? Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, Courtney Cox is very sad, uh, and she has a boyfriend. She's gonna, she's gonna leave town, isn't she? Just go get away from it all. Uh, mm. Even though she loves her boyfriend Kevin, now I would say Kevin's a bit of a dickhead, isn't he? Tom Paris, isn't it? Off uh, yes, yeah, it's Tom is. Paris or Voyager. It all uh, connects. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a he, very young Tom Paris. He's yeah. a little bit insensitive, isn't he, Kevin? He doesn't really seem to be picking up any of Courtney's. Uh... She's trying to leave him, so he takes her to a graveyard to guilt her over the death <laughs> of the parents. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty abusive thing to do, really, isn't it? She just wants to get out of town. Before that, they sit in his truck and listen to the song "Living in a Box" by Living in a Box. <laughs> Almost like it's a reference to like her situation. I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah. They end up on a cemetery and they find uh, the cosmic key, and instantly, Kevin knows what it is, doesn't he? Because <laughs> Kevin's in a band and he says, "Oh, it's one of those new Japanese synthesizers." Mm. Uh, now, my question to you, Sam, as the musician amongst us, does any yeah. synthesizer, has any <laughs> synthesizer ever looked like that? Mm. Not that I'm aware of, no. I mean, I mean it, <laughs> it doesn't even appear to have keys. You never see him touch the keys, do you? Like, I don't know what it is that he's pressing to make it make those notes. No. I mean, the, uh, only, the only reason they think it's a synthesizer is when they press it, it makes a musical noise. A synth noise, yeah. 
Yeah. I think I've seen it in some sort of props like sale. Oh, have you? Don't you think they really use this thing too much? I think this thing's probably got more lines than than uh, Dolph Lundgren has. The, the, the cosmic king. key. Well, it costs. Yeah. There are three of them, mm. and uh, as of 2012, they the props, Chris, were valued at six thousand each. They were extremely yeah. fragile and broke down easily, and a team of prop technicians had to be on hand at all times to repair damages to them. I'm uh, trying to figure out what it's made out of because it's got some ridiculous. weird like blades on it. It's it's a stupid design. But the thing as well, that every time they use it, they play the whole song where it goes like dong 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 And they must use it about what fifteen times probably? Yeah. You keep hearing that same song over and over again and then the, not only from a bridge version of it, like the whole thing. No. And very a, annoying. And also, spoilers, it only seems to be it, it, the, the whole conceit of it playing music only seems to be there so that Kevin, who's in a band, yeah. can mm. then activate it later, yeah. isn't it? I mean, yeah. that, that, that just seems to be the whole have reason. To make use of real world knowledge, but it's a, it's a big part of the plot, like going to the music shop and he goes oh. to his. Yeah, he's got. A, uh, I guess they're trying to link it in with like all the other movies, which had like teenagers and that to have some sort of use in this other galaxy. Oh, well, I, I think um, the. The detective is the headmaster from Back to the Future, isn't yes. it? And then the school stuff had very Back to the Future vibes. Yeah, it did, band, yeah. Didn't yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was, it's it's a bit like Bill and Ted as well with the old playing yes. music. Yeah. Um, Tom Paris at his school has got a uh, Chroma Polaris, which oh. is a, a, a Rhodes synthesizer, which is now extremely expensive. I imagine it's probably too expensive to be in a school then, to be honest with you. Wow. It's a, a very nice synth. Very, Do you very think nice. it was just a sponsor? Sponsor. Possibly, I don't know. It's a. I mean, it, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So, so yeah. So they go to his prom with this key. I don't know. It's all a bit weird at this point. But anyway, back to Skeletor. Skeletor knows the key's been activated. He knows it's on Earth. So he's going to dispatch a team, a crack team, to go and get it right. And this is where we meet Skeletor's finest warriors. <laughs> now, only one of these warriors is a He-Man character, isn't it, Beastman? Uh, the others are new, and I mean, I can guess. I guess they've done it to make more character, like make more figures. I guess, but anyway. So we meet Blade, who's like a space pirate. Sawrad, who's a lizard guy. Beastman, who does look quite a lot like Beastman, uh, and Karg, who's like really odd looking, like really weird. Uh, now, my- Karg looks like they've had like some like bad surgery gone wrong. Like, mm. the- yeah. No, Karg, look. Yeah, Karg's really odd. And instantly, Skeletor kind of throws some shade, doesn't he? And he's a bit like, oh, okay, who are these guys? <laughs> now, yeah. maybe I'm Karg's over... Karg's t- popped up in TNG, apparently. Oh, Karg? What, the outfit mm. of Karg? Oh. No, the guy. Oh, the guy. Oh, okay. Go on, carry the thi- on. Sorry, the thing that really... Maybe, I'm over- maybe I was watching this film too closely. The thing that really baffled me in this scene was Evil Lynn introduces them in the order I've just said... But then the, the cutaway, they're not standing in that in a line in that order. Mm. Mm. They're standing in a completely random order. Now, mm. why? Why did Evil Lynn introduce them in that order? It seems really odd to me because normally in that kind well, of it's scene, not that odd. It's the script was written, and then when they stood in the wrong places on set, <laughs> no one said anything. Yeah. It's not like, that weird. It just felt so surreal because I was like, why is Blade so like? Why is he getting first? Is it because Karg's in charge? Like, is it... Like, I was just... You know really, really gets, threw uh, me? 
<laughs> you know, really gets done dirty here is Sawrod, the lizard, because oh, they go down, don't they? Yeah. And they all they all fuck up in yeah. a really, really bad way. Yeah. And the lizard's really not the worst offender at all. It's that car who's the worst offender. They come back. And Skeletor's like, you've really fucked up. That's it. I'm going to punish you. And he just kills the, kills the lizard. And everyone else gets off scot free. Yeah, mm. he does. Yeah, no, poor old Sorod. Poor old Sorod. We never saw you died too soon, Sorod. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the spin-off film for Sorod? I don't know. Um, yeah. So they send them all down, um, and there's a brilliant bit where them. So all these fucking crazy looking characters and a bunch of Darth Vader robots go into the school, and the janitor goes. Hey, kids, get, get out of here, kids. You can't just come in here. And it's like... Fucking six-foot lizard, mate. Uh, what is he looking at? Like, yeah. And he gets pretty fucked up as well, doesn't he? He ends up in hospital, that guy. Cause he it's like, Yeah, he, well, he, he did have it. He did have it coming. Uh, allegedly, Beastman's prosthetic teeth were so large that uh, performer Tony Carroll was unable to close his mouth. After a while, he would begin to drool, drool filling his chin piece with saliva and weighing it down. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> also, I think a lot of their costumes were so heavy they would just faint on set because it was really hot. You get the feel that from the from the the lack of movement and the kind of the way they fight that they they're struggling to be yeah. uh, to yeah. hold up that what's what's around. Yeah, them. it yeah. turns into a little bit like um, Power Rangers. Power, definitely yeah. very Power Rangers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the Blade. I mean, Blade is uh, he's trying his best, isn't he? The guy that plays Blade. Blade. He's got like. He's trying to give it a bit of character, isn't he? He's very this enthusiastic. This actor has additional crew on Indiana Jones and the Crystal School. Oh, well, the Blade guy. He, yeah. he Well, actually, he's kind of interesting because he... He's been is, in loads of video games as well. And he actually did all the fight choreography. And it's, in fact, him. It's not Frank Langella at the end fighting Oh, I know who he is. In he's the, the leader of the Kazon in He's uh, the leader of the Kazon, yeah. Oh, yeah. okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I mean, Blade, I liked Blade. I think he's very enthusiastic. I like how he, uh, he, he yells at He-Man about how uh, he's been waiting a long time for the fight. And, yeah, and, he's, then, he's, and then the fight's really short. <laughs> he's out-acting Dolph Lundgren, big style, that guy. Is. Yeah, yeah. But then again, that key's out-acting Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, it is true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Blade's black backstory is that he uh, his left eye got sliced in a fight with He-Man. That's why he's been waiting so long for that fight. Mm. They were hoping uh, to do a prequel about that. Yeah, maybe a spin-off. These days they would. Blade. Um, you know He-Man as well, Alex. Someone yeah. who's more familiar with the comic. Wasn't he more sword? Oh, the cartoon. Sorry, wasn't he more sword based in the cartoon than gun? Yeah, he didn't really shoot just, a gun. Because don't you think no matter how he used the gun, he'd be better yeah. off just like putting the sword away because he's yeah. it's not doing much good, is it? It's running around. Running no, all it. this kind of throwing people and all that. No, there's no. I, I mean, most of it's hand to hand combat in the in the cartoon. Yeah. They've not got mm. blasters or guns or. Mm. I mean, Skeletor doesn't even really use magic or anything. Like they're just no. they're just banging. They're just like punching each other. I like um, them. Like I like the the you know on the like fights with the swords, like the the gleams that they yeah. put on the. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's some not. Cool. I mean, yeah, it, it is a bit Power Rangers, especially. It's made more Power Rangers by the fact that it's in a school. Courtney Cox is just running around screaming like an idiot. Classic. Um, <laughs> you know, and then and then He Man turns up. Oh, yeah. And then the, the policeman turns up who's a teacher from Back to the Future, which is very confusing. <laughs> uh, and then Gwildor turns up in a pimped up pink Cadillac with like jet boosters on the back of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and they all shoot off. It's a yeah. It's a confused film. Um, Gildor is the embodiment of a bad script, really, isn't he? Gildor yes. is like everything about this film that's wrong. Kind of comes from Gildor. Yeah, mm. yeah. He's a real villain. He's, 
the, no, the, the script writer's the real villain. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then, as you say, this is the point where, uh, yeah, uh, Sawrod seems to uh, get blamed for everyone's bad, bad uh, behaviour because they go back and, yeah, Skeletor just kills him and says, right, Evil Lynn, you're in charge now. Um, get shit done. And to her credit, she does then get a lot of shit done, doesn't she? She's a lot more um, successful. So the, the guy who wrote this wrote Dark Crystal. Yeah, it's quite it's unbelievable, play. isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Okay. And the Muppet Show and the Muppet Movie. But there are a few writers as well, I think, yeah. on this. There's a couple of uncredited people. And Supergirl. Ugh. Yeah. I think there's... <laughs> I mean, I don't... <sighs> yeah. They didn't have much to work with, I would say. I think there's a lot of best intentions in this film that went mm. wrong with the budget and things like that. Yeah. Because isn't the... The director was, like, trying to make... Um, What's the comic? War God, isn't it? He was trying to make an ad- adaptation of, oh, of, okay. of that, basically. Yes, and yeah, then yeah. Put yeah. it onto this story, but of course that all got lost in. Yeah, the kind of Jack, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the Jack Kirby stuff. Yeah, he was, yeah, yeah. he was going more for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, they uh, Kevin's off with the key at the uh, music Charlie's music shop, and uh, they but all the all the main guys go to Courtney Cox's house, and you can see all the boxes of her dead parents' stuff, and she's packing. And uh, Gwildor thinks it's funny to come out in a bunch of her dead parents' clothes, <laughs> saying like, "Wow, look at me, everybody!" Like, because um, he's he's wearing like her dead mum's dress at this point, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, and everyone just kind of laughs. But like, is that the kind of thing your your grand does, Sam? Uh, well, she would do. Yeah, I could believe she would do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, there you go. Um, hey, how about a quiz? Should we, yeah. should we jet yeah. into a quiz? Right. Obviously, it's a He-Man quiz. Uh, I I would like to tell you that my son, my six-year-old son, has done this quiz, and he did very well. Oh. So it's a family-friendly quiz. Uh, nice. I am going to read you the Wikipedia description of a He-Man character. Okay. From the cartoon, okay. from the, right. uh, from the um, toy line. And from I the want, toy line. Okay. Yeah, and I want you to give me their name. And if you get a better name, I'll give you a point as well. Okay, now, you, to give you kind of a level of this, the ruler of the snake men, he was called King Hiss. Right. So we're looking for kind of bad puns around their names. I'll give Can you... I ask a, a question up front? Yeah. It, does Logan know because He-Man's still on TV? Oh, no, no, no. He didn't know anything. doesn't doesn't know anything about He-Man. I, oh, I just right, I just okay. asked him to do this competition... Uh, this quiz right, okay. see if he could uh, see what he thought of it right uh i can give you um, how about uh, shall i give you the first letter as well yeah okay yeah, right yeah. so sam i don't, anything about you, I don't so, fully yeah. understand what we're doing but let's go okay so <laughs> sam so this is the first one the first yeah. the, the, the first letter of this guy's name is b a humanoid b and the captain of the defense forces of andrinos while loyal to the defenders of Eternia, he equally loves his queen, and at times using his free time to fetch honey berries for them. What would you call honey berries? Yeah, what would you? Bear call... man. He's a he's a humanoid bee. Oh, he's a humanoid bee. Yeah. Uh, Buzzkill. Oh, he's called Buzz Off. That's pretty near. Oh, I was going to go Bee Man. I'm going to give you one point. Bee Man. See that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're not all just something man, though. But right. yeah. but yes. Yeah. Okay, okay, right. So, here you go. So, this is C, Chris. A heroic warrior who wields a large handheld grabbing device as his primary weapon. 
He was also the only black character in the vintage action uh, action figure range, but that's nothing to do with his name. Okay. Should have told him that. <laughs> yeah, he's got a grabbing device. Claw, claw, claw. So, oh, I like it. No, it's called Clamp Champ. Oh, it's, nice. it's a clamp. clamp champ. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but unfortunately, I think you might have helped. Uh. You might have helped Sam for the next one. This is also a C, a giant anthropomorphic crab with claws similar to a fiddler cl- crab. Claw, so he's called Clawful. Oh, right. Mm. So I'm not going to give you that. Okay. Chris, an extra strong warrior with a big metal fist. What's the letter? letter. Begins with F. Fistful. Oh, it's Fisto, but I'm going to give you... Fisto. Yeah, okay. Going to give you that. Uh, Sam, a member of the Gehot men from the Northern Mountains. It begins with G. Goat man? Yes, bang on. It's goat man. (laughs) Uh, okay, Chris, it begins with M. A multi-faced heroic warrior with the ability to change his faces. He's a man. Begins with M. Mixman? Mixman. I like that. He's called Manny Faces. Man. Oh, faces. nice. Yeah. <laughs> I like Mixman, though. Okay, right. Uh, uh, Sam, a heroic warrior with a, telescopic, a telescoping mechanical neck. That en- enables him to serve as a spy. He begins with M. Um, I've got no idea. M- I'll pass him. It's Mechanic. 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 Uh, okay, right. Uh, Chris, a plant-based hero with masters of camouflage who can manipulate plant matter, including moss. What's the letter? M. Mossman. Yes, Mossman. That's exactly what he's called. Okay, Sam, a stocky warrior with poor verbal skills whose chief method of attack and defence Involves using his head as a battering ram. Letter? Uh, R. Again, it's very simplistic. Ram man. Ram man, exactly. It's ram man. Uh, Chris, a heroic firefighter with a metal elephant-shaped head who can squirt water. S. Squirty but Squirterson. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give you a point for a good name. He's actually called Snoutspout. Right. Uh, Snoutspout? Snoutspout. Uh, Okay, uh... Sam, a skeleton war- ghost warrior uh, who has a translucent body and he's uh, scary. Letter. And he glows. S. What? S. Um, ooh. Uh, slippy Slinker. <laughs> no, he's called Scare Glow. Oh. <laughs> uh, okay, we'll do two more. Uh, Chris, a knight in enchanted blue armour wielding a laser sword. Uh, what letter? Letter. Uh, S. Sword man? Oh, Sir, Sir Sword. Oh, Sam's nearer. Sir Laserlot. Oh, that's good. I like that. Okay, and then. Sounds like a robot from Robot Wars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Last one, Sam. An anthropomorphic skunk with magical control over his own stench. <laughs> What's the letter? S. Skunktron. Oh, Stinkor. Stinkle. Yeah, There's, that was a tie, actually. Well done. Yeah, that was are these tie. all in the cartoon? Uh, yeah, all of them were in the cartoon or in the toy range. I mean, they they got like Stinkor was basically um, Merman, but painted black and white, and he smelt <laughs> and he smelt a bit. Uh, so some of them were just remodelled versions of uh, other other characters. So um, back in Master of the Universe, uh, Kevin. Uh, uh, is so no the cop is with Charlie uh, at the music store 
Charlie's Music Store. And they think the Cosmic Key's Russian for some reason. Um, uh, and then basically Evil Lynn shows up and there's a massive, massive kind of... <laughs> Whenever you say Evil Lynn, I keep thinking like uh, Partridge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be a good crossover. Yeah. Uh, there's a massive kind of fight in the uh, music shop, isn't there? Um, and uh, it all goes a bit crazy. And the cop, the cop's a weird character, isn't he? This this police. What's his deal? Yeah, what is his deal? Like, why is he? He's very reluctant to admit that there's an invasion going on, and he's determined to blame uh, Tom Paris. Yeah. For what is clearly not his fault. Yeah, it's really weird. He, see, he seems to think that like Tom Paris killed. Um, think his parents, isn't he? Or something like that. It's something weird going on. He's very odd. And then, and then, like you say, and then he kind of switches it up, goes like whole 180, and just starts grabbing a gun and trying to kill everyone. And like, and then, and yeah. actually, in the end, he ends up bagging off with some woman in Eternia and staying <laughs> in Eternia yeah. for the rest of his yeah. life. Like, yeah, yeah, that's an interesting character arc. But anyway, you know, uh, you know, the best scene in this film is when they've gone back to her house. And uh, the detective and Tom Paris. Yeah, and it's, and it's before I think Evelyn breaks in, and they've had they've had a Burger King, haven't they? Yeah, <laughs> remember this scene? Yeah. And yeah. Tom Paris is cleaning the plates, but the way he's doing that, he's like putting the Burger King plastic <laughs> containers into the sink as though he's going to wash the dishes, but yeah. the dishes are all plastic containers, and they cut back and forth to it a few times. He's like just cleaning up. This is completely natural. Just putting it yeah. in the sink. I think it's this bin. classic like young boys never done any housework, <laughs> and no one. It directed him. No. Is that when they make the microwave explode for some, like, as well? I think it? so, yeah. 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 Um, anyway, uh, as you say, Evil Lynn uh, fakes out uh, Courtney Cox, pretends to be her dead mum, come back to life, gets the cosmic key, thus summoning Skeletor on his flying, I mean, giant chair barge, flying chair barge. Uh, hang on a minute, don't you think Courtney Cox, right, that thing with the mum? Yeah. It, that is probably the worst... <laughs> bit of like she knows her mum's dead yeah it's a, right? it's a bad she knows out. there's aliens around yeah and she know like why did because she just goes oh well we need the key because we're doing a top secret project yeah they, like, how thick is Courtney Cox <laughs> yeah yeah no no yeah you're right god I've forgotten that no yeah her mum comes back and says that her and the dad were like spies and yeah, they, they didn't really and they, die they're working for the government and it was all to do with this as well and they need oh my god yeah it was and she asks no questions she just straight away goes right okay I'll go and get it for you <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's very bad. It's very stupid. Um, but yeah, Skeletor turns up to to elevate the film some somewhat, uh, and he dispatches the Air Centurions. Uh, the Air Centurions are probably the worst special effect in this, aren't they? I mean, they just look awful. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I was watching like a four K version as well, and it, it 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 makes it just look worse, really. Yeah. Um, it looks literally like someone's just got like a cutout <laughs> on a stick, and they're like just yeah. it across the front. And they're like the wrong size. A lot of times, he flies through, yeah, and he's yeah. kind of the wrong like sizing for like the rest of the uh, like the rest of the people, isn't he? Uh, yeah, everyone gets captured, uh, and um, uh, he's like just. Because the last air centurion doesn't Skeletor just say, "Oh, lead him back to me," and he just follows him for ages, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> like he's just following him for so long. Anyway, uh, He Man says basically, "I'll kill everyone if you don't just surrender your sword and surrender everything to me." Uh, and He Man does it; he surrenders, uh, and uh, then we get like simultaneously probably the most boring bit, which is them on Earth trying to build a key. And uh, the stupid stuff about him being a 
song mar- Kevin being a song master and yeah, get lost, Kevin. Oh, give, yeah, Kevin, yeah. Piss off. Kevin. I mean, I don't mind Tom Paris as a character, but I really did. Yeah, he's. he's oh, I, I hate Paris. You no, know? never liked Paris. Smarmy. Like yeah, he's a bit smarmy. What a hater. Yeah. Did you like Paris, Chris? What do you reckon? He's all right. Yeah, but he's, he's just right. a typical sort of character from that. This sort of age. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. True. Uh, anyway, the much more interesting stuff is happening back in Grayskull. And I don't know if you know, you know when Skeletor goes back, he hands his, like, his staff to this weird little pig thing? Did you notice that? Mm. Yeah? It's like a little... Not really, but... Yeah, okay, there's really a moment exciting. there where he, he, he comes through the portal and he hands his staff to a little pig boy. Now, and, and the character is, is known as Pig Boy. That's, the, that's what he's credited as. That is uh, the winner of a competition that Mattel ran for a child to be in the He-Man film. Um, and the contest winner was a guy called Richard, Richard Sosponda, uh, who gets to be in the film. Uh, at a 2012 PowerCon panel, he revealed that after he filmed his cameo, his face was burning and it was in agony from the removal of the mask, which they'd glued to his face and he had to just oh pull my off. God. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, those competitions sometimes aren't worth winning, is what we're saying. What was that film we watched where they did that competition but never fulfilled the There was... The uh, oh, What was that? Was that Kroll? Kroll, where you were going to get married on the set of Kroll. That was it, yeah. yeah. yeah they never did it, though. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty crazy. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, as I say, there's boring stuff going on Earth, but right now you've got some of the best skeletal lines. Like, he just is like... It's like Shakespeare, isn't it? He's just, like, saying all is this... It? Oh, I loved it. <laughs> I was loving it. <laughs> He says some great I, things, I think. Only one of you, only one of anybody. Is that his line? Was that He-Man? Uh, I think he might say that. I, deba- I, I demand of destitution, shame and loneliness of scorn. It is my destiny. It is my right. Nothing will deter me, he says. I will say that like, this bit of the film is the bit that I remember. Like It must be the b- biggest impact because the whipping bit and yeah. the bit he gets his nice white head and stuff like that. That was the yeah. only bit of this film that was really yeah. came back to me. You know, Do you hear the Alpha and the Omega, death and rebirth <laughs> and as you die so I will be reborn. Uh, yeah, he whips... <laughs> it, it is good. He whips him uh, in front of everyone uh, and then he goes to the... I mean, there's all this stuff with the eye, isn't there? He makes another announcement to the desert. Like, there's not even mm. anyone there this time. No one's there. <laughs> they're, just all in, they're all in prison camps. Uh, and he basically, yeah, this is he kneels before the eye, and there's a big, massive speech. I would say, just look it up. I, I was going to do this speech as my opening thing, but it's just so long. But he basically he feels the universe, doesn't he? And he gets transformed from normal Skeletor into Golden Armor Special Edition spe- uh, Skeletor. Mm. Um, I think he looks great. Yeah, mm. yeah, it's really yeah. cool. Yeah, it looks great. Uh, so he's in his extra, he's in his new costume. And, uh, yeah, basically, I mean, we're barreling into the end here. Kevin plays the tune. Everyone disappears. They end up in Grayskull. Uh, there's a big fight. Uh, interestingly, Evil Lynn, Karg and Beastmaster just all fuck off, don't they? They all leave, yeah. They yeah, just walk yeah. out. Like, I mean, not I even... rely on them, guys. Yeah, like, it's not even in, like, a kind of, like, a sequel sense. They're just like, I'm, I've had it. We're off. Let's go. Well, I guess they would have had to have been killed. Well, yeah, it's just a bit weird. They just walk out like it's not going that show, badly. We can't show humans being killed. I like the way that they could have been you know, captured. They bring, the, you know, bring a bit of the street with them. Yeah, the yeah, that's quite like cool. That. Yeah, that's yeah. quite cool. Uh, yeah, so there's a big massive fight, which sadly is not Franklin Geller. He was very upset that he didn't get to do the fight. Um, 
He says, I ache to smash you out of existence to drive your cursed face from my memories forever. Uh, I say that to all my enemies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So they have a big fight. Uh, Skeletor kicks him off. The uh, uh, He-Man kicks Skeletor off the thing and he falls into a big pit a la uh, Emperor. Emperor. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then there's a great bit where they're all going to go home. The cop's going to stay there with his new girlfriend, which is whatever. Um, and then, because I couldn't remember this film very well, I thought this was literally going to be in the film and then just go by without them commenting on it. Gwildor says, oh, you know, I can send you back to any time you want. I don't have to send you back to, like, where you came from, just any time. And Corny Cox literally goes, no, I'm fine. Just send me back to the day we left. There's nothing in my past I want to change. Don't worry. Mm. And then she goes to the portal and then she's just like, oh, shit, I fucking, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> like, she literally remembers. But then luckily, Gwildor is a little bit clever and he's uh, sent her back to the day that her parents were going to go in their private jet and crash. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> so she saves her mum and dad from flying uh, and there's kind of like they're basically we just kind of zoom uh, we kind of see Grey Skull and they say I have the power and that's kind of the end there's a post credit sequence isn't there where Skeletor's face like pops up from the bubbling liquid I'll be back. saying I'll be back which they just um, they just like did that that wasn't like I think the director just grabbed Franklin Geller and said get the mask we're just going to go and film this like uh, yeah, and then that was the end. That is the end of Masters of the Universe. Now, interestingly, there was supposed to be a sequel, and there's lots of weird stuff about the sequel, but it says uh, the sequel was titled Master of the Universe 2, Cyborg. It was written, the script followed He-Man returning to Earth to battle Skeletor, who had left Earth as a post-apocalyptic wasteland, and the film was to feature Trapjaw She-Ra, Pro surfer Laird Hamilton was going to replace Dolph Lundgren as He-Man. Great. Uh, and the only aspect known about the sequels was that He-Man would have returned to Earth disguised as a professional quarterback. Uh, basically, it didn't happen, but a lot of people say that the script and the production design and all that is what went into the Jean-Claude Van Damme film Cyborg. Cyborg. So yeah. I, I've never seen Cyborg. I kind of want to watch it now. Mm. To see That's if directed by the bloke who did that film we saw with Lance Henriksen, isn't it? Yeah, mm. yeah. That guy. Yeah. So I kind of, I'm a bit more interested in Cyborg now to see if there's any yeah, like weird, yeah. like of the, uh... He-Man stuff just kind of sticking out. Gwildor's uh, yeah. in it. <laughs> well, maybe, they, maybe there's a bit where there's a band playing and they've all got like synthesizers <laughs> yeah. like do 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 like that. Uh, yeah, so anyway, that is the end of He-Man. Uh, do you know what? this film shares an editor with Lawrence of Arabia? <laughs> brilliant god Uh, and 50 shades of grey oh my god (laughs) wow that's quite a career yeah that is a career it's good good cv uh (laughs) final thoughts uh chris what were your thoughts on he-man master of the universe i thought it was good fun actually yeah i was taking along i mean i was just accepted the campness um the performances were weird the writing was weird the uh, you know, I know what Sam's saying, like, I don't know, Sam will probably put this quite low. It needs to probably go quite low. But I think just because it, I feel like it brought together a lot of people who would be in Star Trek. I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of crossover <laughs> yeah, with Star Trek. Yeah, so true. I kind, I owe it some stuff. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Sam, yeah. what was your takeaway from He-Man, Master Universe? <clears throat> um, 
Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's shit, isn't it? But it's not. It's not absolute dog shit. It was. It was <laughs> no. quite fun. Yeah. Um, and it's a bit like Skeletor was really good. I could do that all the human side of it. Yeah. And that annoying. Noise it's when they have to go back to eighties America and yeah. yeah. Why do you have to but have it, that? But it isn't. It wasn't as bad as I was expecting. I'll no. give, I'll say that for it. No, no, I, I agree with both of you. I think it's really good fun. I can see why. I think it's become one of those things like they show at the Prince Charles, like it's quite camp. People go along, yeah. dress up. You can see why it's become a bit of a cult film. Um, yeah. And definitely Franklin Geller, like I say, his performance, he's just like acting his ass off. It's pretty impressive how... I mean, you, you kind of take the character seriously. I don't know how, but I mean... Yeah, I think it's it's balances itself out. There's a, there's some rubbish, but it's good fun. It's it doesn't take itself too seriously, and yeah, it's just entertaining. Um, so where does it go now? Where's Flash Gordon? Flash Gordon's at one two one, and Star Crash is at one twenty. See, it really is a lot like those films, isn't it? Like, it, I think it's very similar to those films. Yeah, is it better? Oh, Star Crash was hilarious though. Oh, is it? I don't, I don't think it's better than either of those two, but I think it's just underneath that sort of area. Just underneath, it's better, it's better than your, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's better than your. Is it better, better than Tammy than and the T Rex though? Under ta- underneath Tammy, it's different. How about it's under, on, under Tammy? <laughs> under Tammy, but above Small Soldiers. I mean, How about that's that? yeah. that's pretty controversial. Really? You think? I don't oh, know. we loved, but we love Tammy. I mean, it's still like almost midpoint of the list. This is yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's good. This. Yeah, I think under Tammy. I mean, t- oh, under, yes, under um, Tammy. just under Tammy, uh, coming in at one, two, four, master of the universe. Uh, yeah. So thank you very much for that recommendation. It was really good fun. I loved it, and uh, yeah, mm. it was nice to revisit He Man. It's also nice to see like a failed franchise like that. I think that we yeah. in these in these days of like mega, mega budget successful franchises, I think it's good to see how you can just completely fuck it all up. <laughs> like it's quite interesting to see the, the, the failures as well as the triumphs. Uh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. So right, what is next week? It's another uh, it's another pick, isn't it? It's another uh, viewer uh, listener request. Um, it really is, yeah, I think. Did what is it? It is. It's Galaxy Quest. Yeah, I don't know who requested it, though. I'm pretty sure they did. Okay, I'll, I'll let you know next week. But the thing I was going to say, you know how you <laughs> said that... Uh, sorry, the, you know how you said that uh, he, He-Man was a bit like Bill and Ted? Yes. Mm-hmm. The guy that directed Galaxy Quest directed Bill and Ted Face the Music. Mm. Mm. So there's your link, I guess. Well, not really, but... <laughs> What, what, linked a through a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you want some mailbag? Mm. Yeah, I was, okay. I was having a drink. Sorry. Um, it's a short one from Scott. Please take a look at the original Rollerball. It has always oh, been one of my favourites. Yeah, I've, yeah. Oh, mm. yeah. Okay. My put. I, I remember bits of Rollerball being brilliant, but bits of it being really boring. Um, and we've also got some correspondence from Alan, oh, Alan. who actually got in touch twice because I think he's he's out oh, Al actually, who's uh, I think he's listening from the start. Oh, well, I know he is because he told me yes. Uh, I came across your podcast on Spotify a few weeks back and have been very much enjoying your banter. Oh, bants! Hashtag bants! Hashtag bants! Yeah, uh, I still have a long way to go to get up to date. My question is: Have you managed to get any free beer sent to you yet? <laughs> God, when, um, when did we talk about that? 
I think early on. Oh we kept, yeah, like, we kept drinking. At the start of it, we were like dropping names of beers yeah. we were drinking, trying to get. Uh, oh man. Uh, he also said, I also rewatched Ghost in the Shell, which I enjoyed more this time round. Good stuff. Cheers, Al. Uh, yeah, my final question is: If you could have a brewery to sponsor us, who who do you want to? What Whoa. brewery do you want to? Uh, Tiny Rebel, the Welsh one. Mm. I love them. Nice. Mm. Is there a sci-fi brewery? There's a there's a bloke. I'm going to get this wrong, probably. I think he's from the Nottingham area. I might be wrong, but there's a guy who does his own homebrew beers mm. um, with all with Star Wars names and Star oh. Wars labels that he sells like very illegally. Like no, like you know. Um, get the rights to them but they're all, they're all like puns and stuff and they're all like very good because oh. yeah. there's that um, there's so, that stormtrooper one that's based on the they've just got the license of the helmet haven't they yeah yeah mm. yeah and not from lucas is it it's from the people who it's from these literally the guy the, who made it on yeah, the day. yeah 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 there's mm. them yeah oh well, well I, want, I want cloud water to sponsor us please so listen oh, to cloud nice. water like mm. i love cloud water beers yeah. Yeah, um, we did get um, the UK water sponsorship. Yeah, we've got yes, that. Yeah, still we got that. that. In fact, that's what Swim, I was enjoying. In it. That's what I was enjoying yeah. when you said that. We're literally bathing in it. Yeah, UK water. Keep drinking uh, and just stay just safe. Go. Drink water. <laughs> One more from Al. Oh yeah, still catching up on episodes. <laughs> this is two days later, and he's now listened to Pitch Black. So I think wow. he's getting through at a, at a fair old pace. Yeah. Do you think he's um, listening to this though? Or do you think he'll get to this when he gets to it? I've actually messaged him to say, just so you're aware, you're going to feature on this episode because probably a few <laughs> years till he gets to it, but maybe yeah. not the rate he's going. No. Uh, still going, catching up on episodes up. and have a long way to go yet, but look at the list, I've seen you done Pitch Black. Will you also be doing Chronicles of Riddick? Oh, I want Cheers, to. I do want to do Riddick because it's so ridiculous. I mean, it's a yeah. bit like Master of the Universe Chronicles of Riddick, isn't it? A little bit. Mm. <laughs> like the kind of like the no-collar, <laughs> boring... <laughs> yeah. But and if like that, you set Masters of the Universe in a library. Yeah, I'd like to do all three because I thought Riddick was really good. I really like the third one, I think, is actually quite good. Yeah. So maybe we'll go back to Pitch Black. Let's hope so. Yeah. Maybe. We are big. We had some ideas We're there, big anyway. diesel heads on the podcast. Well, me and Sam. We are. We are. Yeah. Do you like Vin Diesel, Chris? Nah. Nah, okay. Just me and Sam. <laughs> Cool, there you go. Annoying. Thanks, guys. Get in touch with any recommendations yeah. and stuff. And, uh, Win a copy of Gattaca on Blu-ray. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Cool. That's it. Well, uh, I'm hosting next week. So yeah, Alex is hosting this one. He needs to end it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. No, I don't mind taking. Go for it. Well, I thought over. if he wasn't going to do it, I'll no, do it. Go for it, yeah, Chris. Thought, take no, over. Thanks for stepping up, Chris. Okay. Thanks. I'll hand well, over the thanks, baton. Thanks for that one, Alex. Yeah, that's that was okay. really great. Thanks. Oh, it's an early, early switch over. Yeah, go for um, it. Um, thanks for handing the baton over early, and. <laughs> <laughs> you guys... He's realised he didn't want to do this now, hasn't he? He's realised, like, oh shit, yeah. I didn't really want to do that. You know what he said. Okay, okay, listeners, see you next week with Galaxy Quest. Yeah. Thanks, Chris. Yeah. Bye. Say goodbye, everyone. Bye. 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 Cheerio.